book of Ephesians. We're going to be in Ephesians today, chapter 5. And we're going to talk about a real dirty word in our culture today. Uh, it's a word nobody likes. It's the word submission. And we had our salt meeting last night. I want to thank everyone who came and we talked about uh, discipleship. And you can't talk about discipleship without talking about submission. You can't be a disciple of Christ and not be in submission. And so we're going to look at um, two, this, these two chapters of Scripture. We're, basically, we're going to look from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6, to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And we're going to look at this um, subject of submission. And I want to say this, um, you know, when you read the Scripture, when you study the Scripture, it's really important for us to study, again, in context. And there are a lot of Scriptures, we're going to talk about some of them here today, this morning. Uh, you know, it, it's okay to take a section of Scripture and take that truth and apply it to your life, but we should never take a, a, a portion of Scripture uh, as truth apart from the greater counsel of God. And one thing I think that's real important for us to understand here as we read these verses that exist between these two chapters, this was a letter that Paul wrote to this church in Ephesus. And the letter was not written in chapter and verse form. It was just a free-flowing document. So he began his letter and, and he addresses many things within this letter. And these issues that we're going to talk about today are this, this subject of submission. We see that Paul addresses submission in terms of how it relates to our life in a real practical way. So he talked about marriage, and he talked about families, and he talked about slaves and masters. And so we're going to kind of go through this in and look at what Paul has to say about submission. Father, we thank you for your word today. And Father, we just pray that you'd open our hearts and open our minds to the word, Lord God, to, to the living word. Lord, this word on this page, Lord, is a revelation, Lord, that we would see and know and come uh, to experience in reality the truth who is Jesus Christ, who is the living word, the powerful word of God. We thank you, Lord, for this word. Lord, by your Spirit, open our hearts and minds and reveal truth to us today that would set us free from stereotypes and from strongholds in our minds, Lord God, that have kept us in bondage and not allowed us to experience the freedom that you desire for us as children of God. In Jesus' name, amen. The word submission is simply a word that means to be subordinate to be under obedience, to obey reflexive uh, as a reflex. So what that means is I, I don't think about it, I just do it, it's a reflex. And so is obedience a reflex? Is, is obedience your reflex or is something else your reflex? That's an important question as children of God. And so it means to be subject to. Especially here in America, we don't like this word uh, because we don't want to be subject to anybody. We're free men. You know, we're an independent nation. We have a declaration of independence. 
which I love and is great, but we can't ever let (laughs) that declaration of independence take us away from our dependency of God. Amen? So let's begin in verse 6. Ephesians 5, 6, Paul says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So we have sons of disobedience, right? Therefore do not be partakers with them. With who? With the sons of disobedience. Why? For you were once darkness. Do you know that? If you're a believer today, did you know that you were once darkness? But now... Everybody say now. Now you are light. Now that's a powerful statement right there. You were once darkness, but now you are light. Where? In the Lord. You're not light in yourself. You're not light because you got enlightened. You are light in the Lord. Why? Because He is light. He is the light that has come into the world. Amen? He is the light. And if you are in Him, you are no longer darkness, though you once were. You are now light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. If we are light, then let us walk as children of light. And he goes on there, and I'm not going to read this whole section of Scripture, but he goes and he talks about not being, uh, don't have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, Don't even name the things that are done in secret by those sons of disobedience who are still darkness. All things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. As a matter of fact, he says we are to expose those things. If we are light, our light should expose that which is darkness. Amen? When you walk into your kitchen in the morning and it's still dark, When you flip the light on, the light makes manifest all that's there, right? You're able to see everything that's there. That's why you turn the light on. Well, that's what we should do. We are light. We should make manifest that which is of the darkness. So therefore, he says, verse 14, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. If you have been raised from the dead... If you have been resurrected, raised up with Christ because you were crucified with Christ, He has given you light. You are no longer darkness, you are light. So then He says in verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord already revealed that we see here? That if we were once darkness, but now we are light, the will of the Lord is that we walk as children of light. That we walk as children of light. And don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So we see that being filled with the Spirit, there is a result, there is a consequence, we might say, of being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit means that I speak in a certain way. means that I walk in a certain way. It means that I hold certain things in my heart. Making melody in your heart. Or do we have wrath in our heart? 
Or do we have bitterness in our heart? Or do we have unforgiveness in our heart? If we are no longer darkness but are light and we're to walk as children of light, then that should not be what's in our heart. If we are filled with the Spirit, if we are submitted in submission to the Spirit, then those things should not be in our heart, but it should be rather these things that Paul begins to talk about. Giving thanks always is thankfulness in your heart for all things to God, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. So right there, up until verse 21, Paul is addressing who? Those who were once sons of disobedience, who were once darkness, but now are no longer, but are light. They are not children of disobedience, they are children of light. And he's telling them how to walk. And one of the things is this principle of submission. Submission is contrary to darkness. Submission is the opposite of disobedience. We are not darkness, we are light. And our submission is contrary to the darkness that we once were. So there's, a, there's an understanding that we must have about the principle of submission. Submission must be in its proper order or it's not submission. Now we're going to look, starting in verse 22, Paul says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now in our modern day culture, that is a, man, that's a taboo thing. And we've got people rewriting the Bible. We've got people basically trying to address this and redress this and try to figure out how to maintain what the Scripture says, but, but yet we're going to... It's a tough deal. And you know why it's a tough deal? It's a tough deal because you've got a lot of people calling themselves children of light, but they're not walking as children of light. Children of light don't beat their wives. Children of light don't beat their children. Children of light don't have two or three girls on the side while mom is at home, pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen, and he keeps her there under his... See, you see why the world has a problem with what the Scripture says? Because we have not done what the command is, which is walk as children of light. Don't be drunk. Children of light don't get drunk. Children of light don't spend their life drunk. So, Ron was a drunk for many years, but praise God, he was once a son of disobedience, but now he's no longer darkness, but he's light, he's been delivered. A lot of people struggle with these issues. There are legitimate children of light who are still struggling with maybe an addiction to alcohol or an addiction to drugs or a pattern of abuse. It doesn't necessarily mean you're not a child of light, but here's what the Scripture is saying. If you are a child of light, that's not what your life should be. So seek the deliverance that's available to you in Jesus Christ. Seek the salvation that's available, the wholeness that's available, the health that's available, the restoration that is available where? In the Lord. It's in the Lord. You might say, you know, I struggle with this and I just hate it. I'm, I'm just grieved in my spirit because I struggle. 
you know what that indicates to me? You know why you're grieved in your spirit? You're grieved in your spirit because it is the Spirit of God in you that's causing you to be grieved. Because the Spirit of God in you knows that that behavior is not consistent with your nature. And the Spirit of God is leading you in the path of righteousness. And that path is to lead you into your deliverance, into your restoration, into your wholeness, and into your health. Amen? So these things are not written here for our condemnation. They're written here for our edification. They're not written here to condemn us. They're written to deliver us. They're to give us hope that we were once darkness, but we're not darkness anymore. If I'm still darkness and I'm still a son of disobedience, I don't have a lot of hope. But I'm not a son of disobedience. I'm not darkness anymore. I am light. And so now the scripture says, walk as children of light. And God hasn't left us powerless in, in how to walk. He has given us his spirit that enables us to walk. So submission has got to be in a proper order or it's not submission. Submit to one another doesn't mean that we have a free-for-all. There is an order of submission. So he says, wives, submit to your husbands. Why? Because the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Do you see the order of submission? Are they to submit to one another in the fear of the Lord? Yes, they are. But there is an order of submission that that wife doesn't rule over that husband. And, or a slave doesn't rule over his master. The employee doesn't rule over the employer. The child doesn't rule over the parent. Do you see the order? There's an order of submission. Yet the scripture says, submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. And we see how Paul balances this out as he goes through the Scripture here. So wives, he says in verse 22, Wives, submit to your husbands, to your own husbands, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So there is a submission as unto the Lord that exists in this earthly relationship. And we're going to see a little bit later as Paul goes on that this earthly relationship is a grand portrait of Christ in the church. Whatever God has shown us in the natural is giving us a picture that transcends the natural realm and goes to the eternal realm. Marriage is no no different. It's a picture in the natural realm that transcends and takes us to the eternal realm and communicates a truth, not just about husbands and wives, but about Christ and his church, Christ and his body. So submission is to be in everything. Wow. Loving as Christ loves. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. I always tell couples when I'm counseling them premaritally, you know, because a lot of these girls come in and they're like, boy, they don't like that. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean I have to do what he tells me to do? I said, well, in principle, you need to be submitted to him. Well, man, that, that, that just doesn't seem right. You know, we're, we're equal. We're the same. It's a 50-50 deal. I'm like, I'm all about partnership and I'm all about, you know, we walk together. But, but we're not gonna, we can't cut this out of our Bible. There's a principle of submission here. Wives are to be submitted to their husbands, but I'm going to tell you what, if you have a husband that will love his wife wife the way Christ loved the church, 
I promise you that wife will not have a problem submitting to that husband. See, here's the problem. We don't have enough men who are to their wives as Christ is to the church. That's the problem. We don't have enough fathers today who are as our Father in heaven. They're learning their fatherhood skills from television or the movies. Or they just don't have any because over 33% of the homes in America don't have a father in them. And we wonder what's happening to our culture. And the answer is the church. It's Christ. It's this word right here. We're commanded to be disciples, and disciples walk these things out in reality. Yes, sir. That's right. God is our Father. That's exactly right. That's a really, really good point. Because that, that is a great point. You know, you women who don't have a husband, guess what? You do have a husband. He's the husband to the husbandless. He's the father to the fatherless. And so this is the importance of our this is the importance of knowing the scripture and understanding who God is. Listen, we live in a broken world. I mean, it's 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 utopian philosophy and thought and thinking to say that there's going to be a father in every home and a good committed husband for every loving wife, that, that's just not reality, is there? I mean, we got fathers who ditch their responsibility. We got husbands who ditch theirs, wives who ditch theirs, moms who... So who transcends all of that? God does. That's exactly right. God is the father to the fatherless. He is the husband to the husbandless. He is the companion to the companionless. He, he is. And this is what we have to... This is what... We, the church, must communicate to a world that's hopeless and doesn't know what to do and is despairing because everything seems to be so broken. And we can't fix all the brokenness, but we can give them the answer and God can bring healing and restoration. God might not, it, it might not bring that father back, it might not bring that husband or wife back, but, but there can be a healing and a restoration take place in these relationships. That does not happen apart from submission. Amen? And submission is born out of love. So we're to love husbands, love as Christ loves the church, love sacrificially. Loving as one flesh. Look what he says as he goes on down. He goes on down and he says in verse 29, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Verse 30, For we are members of his bone, of his body, of his flesh, and of his Bones. We are to love as one flesh, as one body. Why is that husband to love his wife? Because that wife has become one with him. They are one flesh. They're not two anymore. And what's, what does that picture communicate to us? The way Christ loves us. Because we are, we are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. We are members of his body. So he loves us, nourishes us, cherishes us because we have become one flesh with him. And that's the way we're to love one another. Amen? So submission is born out of love. We don't have a problem submitting when we begin to get that revelation of love. And we begin to walk in the reality of that love. So he goes on and he, he says, and he uses this word, members of his body, here in 
verses 29 and 30. Verse 30, members of his body. We are members of his body. If we are members of his body, who's the head? Christ is the head. So you have a head and you got a body, right? So it's understood that the body and the head are connected together, right? So wherever the head goes, guess what follows? The body. (laughs) Yeah, I hope that's how it works anyways. So members of his flesh, members of his bones, we are one flesh with in Christ. So commission is, submission is complete. It is total to what? To the head. So I'm going to walk over here, right? My head is walking over here. Oh, wait, but it's my feet and my legs carrying me. Well, why are my feet and my legs carrying me where my head wants to go? Because my body is in complete submission to my head. If we are the body and he is the head, the question is, are we in complete submission to our head? Are we still doing our own thing? Are we still walking and living like darkness, like sons of disobedience? Submission and obedience, they are hand in glove. There is no obedience without submission. There is no submission without obedience. Sons of disobedience are the exact polar opposite of sons of light or children of light. We could also call them children of obedience because that's what it is. So we're members of his body. We are in complete submission to the head. Or, or at least we're supposed to be, right? Now, here, here we go, children. Are you ready? We get, this, is, this is your part. Now, you know what's amazing about this? Now, think about this. <clears throat> It's, it's, it's really great that we're doing, studying this section of Scripture today with all the kids in here. Because look what Paul says. Verse 6, I mean, chapter 6, verse 1. Children, children, are you out there? Say yes, Pastor Jeff. Children, do you know Paul wrote this letter and he's addressing children here? Which means when this letter, when this letter was read in the church, guess who were there? listening to the letter. The children were. And the children are addressed here. And Paul says, children, are you listening, children? Okay, listen real close. Stop coloring for just a moment. The parents will all appreciate this. Okay, listen really, really close. God is speaking to you right now. I promise you, he is. Okay, Here's what he says. He's just using my voice to do it. But here's what God is saying to you children right now. Children, this isn't just the little children. We got some big kids in here too that need to hear this, right? (laughs) Everyone that's a child in here, raise your hand. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's all of us. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Did you hear what God said? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, who are you to obey? (laughs) Yeah, you wish, right? (laughs) Your parents, where? In the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Do you understand there's an assumption taking place here? Number one is, when Paul writes this, children, obey your parents and the Lord, there's an assumption that he is commanding these children to obey parents who are 
what? Submitted to the Lord. There's, there's, an, there's an implied understanding that the parents that are receiving this letter are parents that are submitted to the Lord. The mothers and the wives that are receiving this letter are mothers and wives that are submitted to their husband and to the Lord. The husbands and fathers receiving this letter are husbands and fathers that are loving their wives as Christ loved the church and loving their children because they are submitted to the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Now here's here's another commandment. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. That's, that's an amazing promise. There is a promise that comes with our submission. What's he really telling those children? Children, submit to your parents. It, this is a principle of submission here. Children, be submissive to your parents. Honor your father and your mothers. It will be well with you. You will have long life on this earth if you do. So there is this letter here, which addresses children specifically, telling them to obey their parents, to submit to their parents. Submission begins in children. Do you see that? Do you know why we have so many adults that are out of control today? Talk to anybody that teaches in the public school system, and they will tell you that that there are more kids than should be basically out of control. Not submitted to anyone, to anything, except to themselves. They obey themselves. You know why that is? Because there is no one teaching them the principles of submission. Because no one is requiring them to submit and be obedient. Because our culture has corrupted us But we can't really blame it on the culture because the culture is just a result of the sin nature that we all possess. And until we become delivered from that sin nature, until we become husbands and and wives and fathers and mothers who will live and model this principle of submission, how can we expect our children to be submitted when we're out there just doing whatever we want to do? And we think we're okay because then we're going to end up on church on Sunday and it's all, it's all right. I call myself a children of light, but I'm walking like a son of hell. It's not, it's, that's, that's something. Do you see the disconnect there? There's a disconnect taking place. Well, let's, let's make the connection here and let's begin to submit ourselves to God and to this word. Submission has to begin. It's to begin in children with parents providing the example. Parents, if you're not willing to provide the example for your children, then don't expect your children to be submitted. Don't expect your children to walk in submission if you are not going to model submission to them. It's quiet in the house of God. But that's the truth. Now, why why are we reading this? Why is Paul writing this? He's writing to the church because these are the issues that the church must deal with. Because we're we're all right up in the middle of it, right? I mean, he's right up in our business right here. 
And, and he wrote this letter some, you know, almost 2,000 years ago. But, but yet, it is still relevant, as relevant today uh, as it was then. Why? Because there's nothing new under the sun, the Bible says. Families still battle with the same dysfunction today that they did back then. The same sin that corrupted everything around them then is the same sin that corrupts everything around us today. And what's the answer? Well, we've got to be a people that are no longer walking as sons of disobedience. We were once darkness, but we're not darkness anymore. We're we're light now. So let's walk as children of light. And this is how children of light walk. Children of light teach their children to be submitted so that they grow up in submission to the Lord. And how do children learn submission? By seeing their parents walk and live in submission. And we don't get to pick and choose. You understand? I mean, we, we think we do. We'll walk in submission as long as it's convenient for me, but when it rocks my boat and goes contrary to what I want, then I'm not going to be submitted anymore. And by golly gosh, no one's going to tell me what to do. I'm an American. I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm born in the land of the free and the home of the brave. That's kind of our attitude, isn't it? I had someone actually tell me to my face one time, I'm a free man, I don't, I don't have to. Well, yeah, you are a free man, that's right, you don't have to. You don't have to what? You don't have to obey the scripture? You don't have to. But if we're children of light, why would we not? Fathers, okay, you kids get a break for just a minute, okay? Fathers, now you kids might want to listen to this. Too. This is important for y'all too, right? Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Now, you know what's interesting about that verse right there? Do you notice that it doesn't say mothers? It says fathers. Now, by default and by necessity, we have a lot of mothers today fulfilling the role of fathers. And I'm telling you what, some of them are doing it wonderfully. And we've got some examples of that right here in this church. But that does not take away from the reality, you fathers that are present in your home with your children, the Scripture is addressing you right here, and the implication is that you are the one that is to discipline your children. You are the one that is to provide the ultimate example of submission, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Don't provoke your children to wrath. Provocation and wrath are not attributes of light. They are attributes of darkness. Would you agree with me? They are attributes of disobedience. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Children, don't make your fathers or your mothers provoke you to wrath. Do you know your, your parents would never do that if you would just obey your parents in the Lord? So instead of arguing endlessly, children, because you don't want to turn the TV off, or you don't want to stop playing the Xbox because you're not finished with your game, It doesn't really matter whether you're finished with your game or not. It doesn't really matter whether you're only halfway through your TV show. 
You say, that's not fair. Life isn't fair. It's not. And the Bible doesn't say, children, obey your parents when it's fair or convenient. It says, just obey your parents. But it also says, fathers, parents, don't provoke your children to wrath. But bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. How are you going to do that? Start young. You know, I've used this analogy before. It's like the tree. If you wait till the tree is 10 years old, you're not going to train that tree in the direction it's going to go. But if you'll start from day one, and you'll train that child in the way that he or she is to go, you won't have these issues. Now, you may. All kids are different. But at least you can say, I did what I was supposed to, right? Bring children up in the training of the Lord. The proper training of a child in the Lord is the father's submission to God. The proper training of a child in the Lord is the indication of a father's submission to the Lord. A father who just lets his kids do what they want to do is not a man submitted to the Lord. Can't be. So fathers, if you've been living that way, you can't change your past, but you can sure change your future, right? Say, well, my kids are too old. Well, you you always have hope because there are grandchildren, right? You can can help your children and grandchildren. But that's the truth. Father who properly trains his child is a father that's modeling submission to the Lord, <clears throat> submission to God. Slaves. Now, <clears throat> the longest, ironically, the longest section in here deals with slaves and masters. <clears throat> now, here in America, we don't have slaves, right? I mean, some of you guys might feel like you're a slave to your boss <laughs> or the place you work. Uh, and and th- these principles do apply in terms of employment, employee, employer. But it's really kind of, slavery is kind of an interesting thing. If you study history, for instance, at the time that this letter was written, do you know that the overwhelming majority of people that lived in the city of Rome, you know what they were? They were slaves. I mean, if those slaves could have just realized how, how great their number was, they probably could have taken over that city. <laughs> but they didn't. And the Bible actually has a lot to say about slavery, but we don't like what it has to say. Because Paul basically says, hey, if you guys got saved and you were a slave, just remain a slave. So, but the principle of submission here is, is real. And now, remember what Paul is talking about. How do we start this? He's, he's addressing those who were once sons of disobedience, who were once darkness, and they are now light, and he's commanding them to walk as children of light. So children of light are husbands and wives, they're fathers and mothers, they're children, and they're also slaves. There were many children of light who were slaves, and there were children of light who were masters of slaves. And so there was a real problem here. And so Paul says in verse 5, Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. That, that 
phrase, according to the flesh, is interesting because that phrase is reminding these slaves that be obedient to your masters according to the flesh. And, and it's a reminder that there is a master that is greater than those who are over them in the flesh. And their obedience to their masters in the flesh is not just because that guy is their master. There's a greater principle. It's the principle of submission here. With fear and trembling. Why with fear and trembling? Because that fear and trembling speaks of respect for God's authority in all things. That slave didn't have... He was a slave. And he wasn't going to just wake up one day and decide he wasn't going to be a slave anymore. You, you know, if you work someplace, you can walk in and say, I'm giving my notice today, I'm out of here. A slave couldn't do that. They were a slave until that master said, you are no longer. Now, if you study slavery in, in the Roman Empire, in, in, the, in the ancient world, uh, man, I'm telling you what, it's... It's, it's pretty nasty business. Do you know that a slave, a slave in the Roman Empire was considered, they weren't even considered a person. A slave in the Roman Empire was no different than a shovel or a hoe or a hammer or an axe. It was just a tool to be used to get the job done. And if you wanted to break that shovel or that hoe or that axe doing what you're doing, that was okay. It's your prerogative because that's your shovel. If you want to break that slave, I mean, if you want to literally kill him doing the job that he's doing, no one's going to think a thing about it because that's not a human, that's a slave. Now, we can't think in terms like that because we live in a civilized culture. But I want you to understand who Paul is addressing here. There was no slave union that was going to bat for their rights. There was no redress. There was no higher authority. They, a slave had no one to appeal to. No, no one. Except who? Except God. So this is who Paul is writing to. He says, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart. As to Christ, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. But he beats me, but he works me too hard. But those were all realities with slaves in that day. But what does Paul say? That does not give you a right to not be submitted. Now, this is really hard for us to wrap our brain around. It really is. Because our culture, thank God, our culture is so different from that today. But I, I'm emphasizing this because I want you to understand the principle of submission that, that the Bible is communicating here. Not only be submissive, but do it from your heart and do it with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord. Don't look at that master in the flesh there. You submit to him and do what he's telling you to do just like it was Jesus Christ himself. Say, so, yeah, well, if he treated me like Jesus Christ, I might be able to do that, right? That's what all the wives are saying about their husbands. Don't worry, we're going to get to the other part here. 
knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. You might not receive anything from that earthly master, but, but what you do in obedience and in submission is not lost to the Lord. And the Lord, he will repay you. He will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. So do you see the hope that God just gave to these slaves? God sees your service. God sees your heart. If your heart is darkness, if your heart is rebellious, that's not good. But if your heart is light and your heart is submitted and obedient, then you do it with goodwill as unto the Lord because it's not lost on the Lord. And even though that earthly master will not recognize and repay, God will repay whether you be slave or free. Then he says, and you masters do the same things to your slaves. So we we see what submission is where. It's from the heart, right? He's he's addressing these masters. He says, you masters do the same thing to your slaves. In other words, you treat them the same way that you act toward them the same way that, that I'm commanding them to act towards you. Don't provoke them to wrath. Don't abuse them. Don't threaten them. Don't lord over them. Give up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven. He was reminding these masters. You think you are the cat's meow? You think you're the one that's ruling everything? You have a master in heaven. And if you abuse that slave, if the way you treat that slave, what you do to him is going to indicate. What he's saying is, Paul is saying, a child of light would not do that. And if you persist in beating and abusing and taking advantage of your slave, your wife, your child... The indication is you're not a child of light and you will suffer as a son of disobedience one day. You will. It's a warning. It's a warning to them. It's also a warning to us. It's not a threat. It's just the truth, right? Knowing that your own master is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. He doesn't care whether you're a master. He doesn't care how rich you are and how many slaves you own. Slave or master, all are subordinate to our master in heaven. Walk as children of light, regardless of our station in life, slave or master, husband or wife, child or parent, as members of his body, of his flesh and of his bone, we are all responsible to walk as children of light. We're to understand the proper order of submission. And we're to to walk in that proper order submitted to one another, but recognizing this principle that is absolutely vital if we are going to call ourselves children of light. We are no longer sons of disobedience. We are sons of God in Christ. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So the question is, are you a son of God in Christ? Are you no longer darkness? Are you indeed light? Are you? If you are in Christ, you are. And if you are in Christ, then we are to no longer walk in that former manner. We're not to have fellowship 
with those things any longer. We're not even to, to give ear to them. We're to walk as children of light. Not trying to become a child of light, but because we are a child of light. So then walk in submission to the Master in heaven, properly submitting to one another as you walk, filled with the Spirit. Walk as children of light. It is so important for us to understand that this, this reality of the Spirit in me, this, it is this Spirit that rules me. It is this Spirit that guides me. It is the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that leads me and guides my steps. This is the Spirit I am to be submitted to. This is the Spirit that I am to be subordinate to. And if I am submitted and subordinate to that Spirit, then I'm going to walk as a child of light. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. Amen? And if we are light, then let us walk as children of light. Amen? Let's all stand. Kids, you did great today. Now, I want to ask all you children, what, what, what did God write to you in this letter? What did he say to you? To listen to your parents. Children, can you all say it with me? You all repeat after me. Say, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. We are all children. Let us obey our Father. Let us submit to our Father in heaven. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that you would cause, Lord, this truth, this very vital truth of submission to not be a dirty word, to not be something that the world has made it. But Father, for us to understand that if we are going to walk as children of light, we have to walk in submission. Lord, by your Spirit, give us wisdom and teach us how to maintain the proper order of submission, that we don't get things out of order. Father, I pray today for husbands to be husbands that would set a godly example to their wife and their children. I pray for wives and mothers today, Lord, that would be a godly example to their husbands and to their children. We pray for children today, God, that, Lord, they would be blessed Lord, to walk submitting to their parents, obedient to their parents, that they would grow up understanding the importance of submission and obedience in the Lord. And Father, I pray all of us, whether we be master or slave, whether we're over somebody or working for somebody, Lord, we are all under somebody. We are all to come under submission, Lord, at times in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us to willingly submit to those in authority over us, even as to the Lord, for we all are under our master in heaven. And I pray, Father God, if we have come to be children of light, that we would walk so, and thereby glorifying the name above all names. We thank you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you would like prayer for anything, you might be struggling with sickness in your body, you got an issue going on in your life and you need and you want someone to agree with you in prayer, please come and let's pray. If you're here and you've never 
met Jesus, you, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, and you'd like to talk to me about doing that, come and let us talk about that. Amen? If you've got a problem with rebellion, you're having a problem submitting, well, come and let's pray about that. Amen? God bless you. Have a great day. Uh, Michelle's Bible studies tonight at 6 o'clock. And uh, have a wonderful afternoon.